a reading from the Book of Wisdom. In wisdom is a spirit, intelligent, holy, unique, manifold, subtle, agile, clear, unstained, certain, not baneful, loving the good, keen, unhampered, beneficent, kindly, firm, secure, tranquil, all-powerful, all-seeing, and pervading all spirits, though they be intelligent, pure, and very subtle. For wisdom is mobile beyond all motion, and she penetrates and pervades all things by reason of her purity. For she is in aura of the might of God, and a pure effusion, the glory of the Almighty. Therefore, naught that is sullied enters into her. For she is the refulgence of eternal light, a spotless mirror of the power of God, the image of his goodness. And she, who is one, can do all things and renews everything while herself perdoing. And passing into holy souls from age to age, she produces friends of God and prophets. For there is not God loves, be it not one who dwells with wisdom. For she is fairer than the sun and surpasses every constellation of the stars. Compared to light, she takes precedence. For that, indeed, night supplants. But wickedness prevails not over wisdom. Indeed, she reaches from end to end mightily and governs all things well. The word of the Lord. Your word is forever, O Lord. Your word, O Lord, endures forever. It is firm as the heavens. Through all generations, your truth endures. You have established the earth, and it stands firm. According to your ordinances, they still stand firm. All things serve you. The revelation of your words sheds light, giving understanding to the simple. Let your countenance shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Let my soul live to praise you, and may your ordinances help me.
Dominus Fabiscum. Et cum Spiritu Lexia Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said in reply, The coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed, for no one will announce, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is among you. Then he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. There will be those who will say to you, Look, there he is, or look, here he is. Do not go off, do not run in pursuit, for just as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. Verbum Domini. Today, we have a wonderful reflection about wisdom, about the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the reflection on the Word, Jesus. This speaking about God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. We see this expressed in these texts. Today, we're told that wisdom is a spirit that is intelligent, holy, unique, subtle, certain. It's the aura of the might of God, pure effusion. So it's linking wisdom with the spirit, God is spirit, and for the chosen people, wisdom is found in God alone. And look above for his wisdom, that it comes from God. We hear in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, meaning that we need to have this reverential fear. We need to turn to God to receive this wisdom. Now we participate in it by use of our reason, the natural law, but eternal law and wisdom, you know, God's goodness and love, how he orders and governs the universe, the world, is from God. We can know, know that somewhat through revelation, I mean, through reason, and then fullness of it through revelation. We see that it's wisdom's described as all-powerful, all-seeing, pervading all spirits, though they be intelligent, pure, and very subtle. It's mobile beyond all motion. So they said, therefore not that as sullied enters into her, that we need to be, have pure hearts. We need to be open to receive this wind. We can't be sullied. You have to be opened up to the Holy Spirit to receive it. And we see in Jesus, through his Paschal mystery, he cleanses us. Through his suffering, death, and resurrection, he dies for the forgiveness of sins. He ascends into heaven, and the Father and the Son send that Holy Spirit upon us, that spirit of wisdom upon us that we receive in baptism, confirmation, 
uh, furthered in Eucharist, if we fall into sin to go to confession, to be reconciled with God, it must be unsullied to have that spirit of God, wisdom of God working through us. It renews everything while herself perduring. Romans 5.5, 5, it's poured into our hearts, the spirit of charity, the spirit of communion. And the good news here from the Old Testament that wickedness prevails not over wisdom. Wisdom overcomes that. She reaches from end to end mightily and governs all things well. Governs all things well. God's plan, God's wisdom governs all things well. We oftentimes make a pretty good mess of it. Right? But if we follow God's wisdom, uh, things go well for us with the Lord. <clears throat> so this is God's mysterious design, his plan of creation, of redemption, salvation, sanctification. And we see that wisdom here is referred to in the feminine, for she is an aura of the might of God, for she is the refulgence of eternal light. For she can do all things, renew all things. For she is fairer than the sun. And in using the feminine, it, it's a personalized, theologians tell us, a personalized symbol of the divine plan. It appears as a spouse, as a figure of intimacy, of communion with God, and of the demand for a personal response of love. She invites the human person to communion with God, to respond with love, that we receive it. That's the whole marital imagery in the Old Testament and the New speaks of communion, speaks of union. That it's not just teaching, it's not just law from the outside, but God's giving of his very self to us, that this spirit may dwell in us, become temples of the Holy Spirit. And of course, this wisdom is expressed in the law, in the Torah for the chosen people, in a way that man can understand it. And that's the responsorial psalm today. These are excerpts from Psalm 119. Your word, right, your law, O Lord, endures forever, firm as the heavens. Through all generation, your truth endures. It does not change. It doesn't change relative to time or culture or whatever fashion of the day is. God's law doesn't follow that. You have established the earth and it stands firm. Your ordinance, they still stand firm. All things serve you. The revelation of your words sheds light, giving understanding to the simple. I love that phrase, giving understanding to the simple. You know, in the halls of academia, in the halls of the elite of our culture, they come up with all kinds of crazy theories. <laughs> and even science itself is an approximation. It's growing, hopefully, in its understanding, but it's not divinely revealed to us. That's, our, that's reason being applied to creation to figure things out. In the psychological sciences especially, we've seen that all over the map this past century. So God's wisdom is unchanging, though. It gives understanding to the simple, that a, a simple person with faith who lives this law has great understanding of life, of how to live, of the path 
to happiness, of what we are to do, of what it's all about, so to speak. And that gives us a peace. At the end of the psalm today, we have, let my soul live to praise you, and may your ordinances help me. I love that plea. Let my soul live to praise you. I, there's like a thriving for our souls, for our spiritual lives, if we live this law. May your ordinances, may your word, may your law, may your teaching help me. Helps us. It, it leads to human flourishing. And the church is to communicate this revealed church truth. It preserves this deposit of faith, this revelation from God. It communicates it to us with love and without compromise. The precious revelation is a path to holiness. It's a path to peace. It's a path to inner freedom. John 8 tells us the truth will set you free. Do you want to have freedom? Or do you want to be burdened with sin, with attachments, with the values of the world, with the rat race, with comparisons, with jealousies? God's law provides us with freedom from all that if we live that way. If we live in love and not hatred, if we live in service of God and of others, that's freedom. I can get out of myself. If I'm clinging to myself and my ego is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, that's pushing God out. Only that spirit of God can drive out the ego. Only the spirit of God can drive out our selfishness, our self-centeredness, you know, our way of doing it. We need something bigger than ourselves to drive out, to heal that wounded, fallen human nature that we have. And the church in her teaching realizes this, that the truth, it's only the truth that can be truly pastoral. It's only the truth and the truth that we can be shepherded. That's a, that's a blessing for us. And Jesus comes as that good shepherd. And he tells us in the gospel today that the kingdom is among you. The kingdom of God is among you. That's a response. He was asked by the scribes and Pharisees when it would come. He said, it's among you. It's before you. Luke's gospel talks about him driving out demons by the finger of God. That's, that's an image of the Holy Spirit that is the kingdom's present in Jesus, that Holy Spirit's working, the kingdom is happening, it's there in the person of Jesus Christ, in front of us, in front of them. So what's that saying? It's, it's not like an earthly kingdom that you look here, you go there, it exists in a temporal way like a, an earthly kingdom. It exists in the person of Christ that we can be part of that kingdom, we can have his lordship over us, we have faith. So to proclaim the kingdom is to proclaim that God exists, that this wisdom is real, comes from God, that this truth is real, that he's governing the world, that we need to live by his law, his statutes, his teachings, his sermon on the mount, and have communion with him. 
through that gift of wisdom, through that gift of the Spirit. That's our only hope. That's our only salvation. That is the plan of God, that we live by his teachings and statue, by his wisdom. <clears throat>